Thank you, Father God, for giving us the opportunity to have a podcast like this. And thank you to everyone who listens for being part of this on a selfish basis. I'm thankful this morning because I get to have conversations with fascinating people like retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. We talked about a range of things like this. Are there people in senior levels of government who are either conflicted uh, or are owned or blackmailed and, and mean us ill on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party? Yeah, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated every sector of our society. And based upon that, we began to talk about the teaching of critical race theory to our troops and what that does to unit cohesion and our military in general. You served our country in Delta Force. And I, I would just ask you something I've asked other team guys. How does critical theory aid in being prepared to fight as a unit? <laughs> well, it doesn't. Yes, sir. Listen. I said this this morning in this meeting I was talking about a few minutes ago. Our military is in rapid decline. It started under Barack Obama and... And, and the general has a lot more to say. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. You're joined here by Lieutenant General Retired Jerry Boykin. And I'm going to lead off talking about Ukraine, and but I want to ask about the pipeline. I think that a Delta Force guy, yeah, I was with Delta Force for a long time, and then of course Lieutenant General upon his retirement, I imagine he has his ear to the ground, and at least far better than we can, on what happens to the pipeline and what he thinks about that. And of course, talk about Ukraine, and you know about my reluctance with this war, this particular war. Uh, and to get his take on that, where he stands on that, I can't wait to talk China. He has a new book coming out on China um, and specifically how China uh, is intending to and is, in fact, succeeding at harming America. But I cannot let it go without talking about his faith because he's a man of strong Christian faith. Uh, and in fact, uh, you ask some people, George W. Bush, President George W. Bush walked away from the general a little bit, distanced himself because the general had the audacity to, well, not argue with. He wouldn't do that, arguing with his commander in chief, but to go out and give speeches where he made clear that we're in a religious war, a spiritual war on this world. And he didn't play along with the religion of peace stuff that George W. Bush was championing at the time you recall that how could i do anything other than talk about bone frog coffee before we bring the general on it's i'm gonna listen i'm wearing for those of you watching the video i'm wearing a hat uh, with a george with with a bone frog coffee on it not with george w bush on it, with bone frog coffee on it just like the general 
Uh, this is a, a life after the military. Tim Cruikshank was in the Navy for 25 years, was also a Navy SEAL. And upon leaving, he became a physician's assistant, by the way. He used to be a medic in the, in, in, with the SEALs. And uh, became also the CEO of Bonefrog Coffee. And Bonefrog Coffee is some, a company that puts a high, high value on hiring veterans and on working with vet-owned businesses. And it has on the bag of every Bonefrog Coffee, God Country Team, uh, almost always when they tweet, they tweet that statement. And it does go down to the coffee, of course. I didn't know this, but we've got a coffee grinder. My wife had hidden that from me, apparently. So I got some whole beans from Tim. And I'm going to grind those up and do a little bit of a taste comparison because I've been doing um, drip. That's how I like my coffee. Like a friend of mine used French press. And this morning, it's the dark roast again. So here's my invitation for you. It's a challenge. Look at the price of the coffee you have now. Consider the source. <laughs> consider the reseller, Costco, or uh, consider Procter & Gamble and what they're doing with woke virtue signaling. And then buy some Bonefrog coffee at bonefrog.us. And do a comparison. Compare the price. Compare the taste. I know the taste is going to come out to be the winner. You'll determine whether the price is worth it to support a company like this that puts money towards and contributes funds to help the families of Navy SEALs who fell in battle. And since Tim was in combat with those guys, he takes that very seriously. It's bonefrog.us. That's bonefrog.us. Man, it's a thrill to be joined uh, by Lieutenant General Retired, Jerry Boykin. Uh, General, just a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, it's good to be with you. I would love to spend the entire time talking about your book on the persecution of Christians, uh, but I would be derelict if I didn't dig into some of your foreign policy expertise and experience to ask you straight up, did we blow up that pipeline, General? Did America? Yeah. No. So I, I, I think there is overwhelming evidence that the Russians did it themselves. Really? So yeah. is that then I would take that to be a sign of pretty big desperation from Putin if he's willing to blow up his own pipeline? Well, yeah. But uh, once again, he's, uh, he's putting pressure on the Europeans. Uh, in fact, this morning, uh, on Wednesdays, I start with a, a meeting of uh, all the conservative groups, uh, not all, but most of the conservative groups in, uh, in Washington, one of which is the American Foreign Policy Council. And, uh, and uh, the uh, head of that was here this morning, and he talked about exactly that as to what the evidence says about who blew up the pipeline. And the conclusion was it was the Russians themselves. So um, this, this puts a lot of scare into people when we start talking about energy shortages in Europe and what that could mean yeah. for stability. Um, I wanted to just back up real quick and talk about Putin and this war in Ukraine. And, and I'll confess to you, um, yeah. I am having a challenge uh, getting excited about this, I view as a proxy war. That's never been the case for me. Um, and I think it's part of having become a discipled man, and I worry about that. I'd love to talk to you about the just war theory. I've never had this view of war before. Um, 
Can you help those of us who are maybe reluctant to feel excited about this? Or, I mean, how should we feel about this? And is it a proxy war with Putin at this point? Well, I think to a degree it is a proxy war. Uh, and everybody has to to come to their own conclusions about this thing. And it's this is one of those where it's just not a black and white issue. You know, it's, it is, uh, I think it's an issue for me. Uh, it is an issue of, uh, of, of what does America stand for? And are we going to allow people like Putin to, to, uh, bully other nations to take uh, over sovereign nations? And keep in mind that Ukraine is a sovereign nation that Russia helped to create when the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union disintegrated. And uh, so all of the rhetoric that we've heard about it being uh, rightly being part of Russia, well, that may have been true at one point, but they now they've got to face up to the reality that they helped to create Ukraine as a sovereign nation. Where does this stop? I don't think that America should be fighting this alone. Now, let me let me say that uh, there are a lot of people in America that are are, are buying into this uh, issue of the uh, the Ukraine is a Nazi uh, den of, of of thieves, if you will. Well, that's just simply not true. That is simply part of the Putin uh, propaganda program which he, he threw that out up front that he was going to denazify. And if you go back and look at the history of that, uh, that, that started back in the 30s. And, and when uh, Stalin was trying to uh, starve out the Ukrainian people in order to make them part of Russia, uh, he, uh, he killed about 1.4 million people just from starvation. The Nazis came in. The Nazis came in, took over, occupied the country, and were looked upon as liberators. So there was a, an association in World War II between them and the Nazis, but uh, that has, has since uh, faded. That has gone. In the last elections, only 2% of the people of the electorate in Ukraine actually voted for uh, what we would probably consider today a neo-Nazi uh, candidate or, uh, you know, neo-Nazi people within the uh, the uh, voting pool there. So we are hearing a lot of lies that are being told, which are propaganda. What I do think, unquestionably, is the Europeans need to take on more of the responsibility for this. America has paid more than our share monetarily and provided more than our share of weapons and materiel. And I think the Europeans are getting by once again without paying their dues. And I think that uh, it is time, just like uh, Donald Trump stood up to the uh, NATO nations and said, pay your dues, pay your dues. It's time. No more free rides. I think that's exactly what Putin, I mean, uh, Biden should be doing right now. But I'll go back to your to your first question there. I think it's an individual thing as to whether we are uh, whether we are in support of the Ukraine or whether we're not. And uh, there is uh, there are a lot of people in this country that uh, 
that have real questions, just as you did, about whether we would support them, should support them. I'm for supporting them. I don't believe we should let Russia become uh, a monolithic uh, entity there on the continent of Europe. And I think we need to to stand up on our own principles and stand up for what we believe in. And we believe in representative government. Yeah, General, because I didn't serve, um, I'm all, I, I find myself increasingly fatigued about war. And because I didn't serve, I, I always turn to my friends who have. And I've yet to run into a friend of mine. Uh, I talked uh, last week with a friend of mine, um, special forces operative retired. He's in favor of this war. Uh, I've talked to, I'm, I'm wearing a bone frog coffee hat. Um, this is a company founded by a 25-year Navy SEAL, and, and, or 25-year Navy veteran. He was a Navy SEAL. Um, Tim Cruikshank, uh, he's in favor uh, of this engagement. Reluctantly so. I think there's a lot of reluctant warriors. So a couple of follow-up questions that I really want to dig into this book and faith and the persecution of Christians. Um, one question is, this Oliver Stone documentary about Ukraine, do you view it as trustworthy? And it makes a, it makes it it has some pretty strong evidence that Victoria Newland, uh, and I think she was working for President Obama at the time, um, engineered a coup in Ukraine. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, you know, if if it was accurate, uh, then theoretically we shouldn't know uh, about it. it. It would have been a covert operation. That said, I do know Victoria, and uh, uh, I worked with her when she was uh, over in uh, NATO. And uh, I find it hard to believe that, uh, that that actually occurred, at least the way it's described. Uh, now, that does not mean that we didn't provide some support maybe to a uh, uh, a resistance movement there or something like that. But I, I find it personally a little incredible that uh, Victoria orchestrated this coup. First of all, uh, that is the job uh, of the uh, CIA. And uh, and she was State Department. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, CIA is uh, is by statute. And in fact, by statute and executive order, CIA is the only one that's allowed to conduct a covert action. Covert action meaning that not only uh, uh, does it have to be designed to uh, impact the political, military, or economic situation abroad, abroad, but it also has to be deniable, uh, meaning that uh, the United States, you may know something happened. Certainly you would know if a coup happened. But uh, the, the United States will not acknowledge that the U.S. was part of that. And that is a, that is a responsibility of the CIA. They may call in the DOD and even the State Department as, as necessary, although the state normally tries to keep their hands clean on this. So I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, I... I'm a little suspect of it. Okay. Thank you, General. I appreciate that. Um, in, in regard to this uh, bullying of other nations, um, I'm, I'm concerned about China. Although, again, yeah. um, I've had people who served and people who are still active in China um, is in, in doing corporate security saying, hey, you know what? China's a mess. They might not be as strong as you think they are, but uh, general, they're bullying. I mean, they are, they're buying up mm -hmm. farmland, which comes with water rights in the United States of America. They're creating islands. They're cornering the world's supply of sand for silicon and fresh water. 
Um, do we owe the world a similar response to China uh, that, that we've done with Ukraine? I mean, they're not, I guess, they're not using military engagements at this point, but they're sure they seem to be belligerent in terms of threatening military action. Yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, one of the things that I will say is that we need to be concerned about America, too. Uh, it, it, that is our number one enemy. And I, I've just uh, uh, helped to uh, put together a book that uh, came out about a month ago called uh, The Communist Party of China is at War with America. And that is because they declared war on us. So uh, what we need to do is we need to take seriously the threat that China uh, poses to America to our way of life, to our future, uh, and to the freedoms that we've enjoyed here. And, and I can assure you that their ultimate objective is to, to destroy America as we know it today and to reconstruct it in, 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 a, in the light of uh, their, uh, their Marxist, communist theology, if you will. That, that's what they want from America, and they want to dominate us. And the fact of the matter is we are doing scant little to try and fight back against that. So if America stands strong against China, we do that on behalf of not only America, but we do that on behalf of the world. And I will tell you this as a final statement. They're going to go after Taiwan. There's no question about it. After the Communist Party uh, meeting the, just next week, I think it's the 16th, I think is when that takes place for several days, and they'll, they'll reinstate uh, President Xi. But before Joe Biden leaves office, they will go after Taiwan. But I want you to remember you heard it here first, and we'll see how prophetic I really am. They're going to have exactly the same problems that Russia had. And that is, they are going to get bogged down because since 1947, when Taiwan really started the process of becoming a sovereign nation, they've had one enemy, one enemy, and that is China. So they've had all this time to prepare for it. They are also one of the most high-tech nations in the world today. Where do you think our microchips come from? Yes, now? sir. And, and, and they are very high-tech. And they have, uh, I, as far as I am concerned, they have gotten some of the very best technology that America has to go with the technology that they've developed on their own. And for years, we have been providing them with training as well as material. And uh, they're going to get bogged down. If Russia, if Russia does an invasion, they're going to get bogged down and they're going to find out the hard way, just like the Russians, that uh, I'm talking about the Chinese now. They're going to find out, just like the Russians, that uh, that uh, this is uh, this is not easy to go against a sovereign nation who believes in their nation and wants to maintain their freedoms. They will fight for their freedoms and the freedoms of their sons and daughters for the future. Well, General, I'm I'm glad to hear your view on China um, and. I, I look with fascination and horror as I see critical theory on which China has based its, its approach to the United States. I mean, critical theory is a way of dividing nations. You know this, and you've studied this, I'm certain. 
And I see in our nation now, um, Air Force, uh, people serving under Air Force being told that they cannot use the phrase mom or dad, mother or father, that they must use the phrase um, caregiver or birthing parent. Um, these are our troops. Uh, General, I see West Point teaching critical race theory inspired lessons. Pardon me, lessons. We will continue to talk with Lieutenant General Retired Jerry Boykin about critical race theory and what it's doing to our country. You'll hear the General's truth teller. It reminds me of our friend Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management. Uh, it's refreshing when people who have influence, as the General has earned and God has given him to steward, I'm sure the General would agree, it's something to steward and a gift from the Lord. Uh, when they tell truth. That was the first thing that drew me to Zach Abraham. That's why I'm a client. Uh, there's also the performance at Bulwark Capital Management. That's key. I mean, you can tell the truth and be bad at your job, but Zach's not. And to steward people's money would mean, well, doing the thing that God tells us to do, which is to grow it, but also to avoid risk. Bulwark Capital Management's focus is risk management. And as what we're talking about here, could it get riskier? There's also this, that Zach and his family, his wife is the chief operating officer at Bulwark Capital Management. Their family's net worth, 90, uh, 90% of it, uh, is in the company. So if their fund doesn't do well, well, then they don't do well. It goes beyond that, though. It also goes to the people he hires and how he trains them and brings them up and what he teaches them about finance and make sure that they perform. So if you are 5 to 10 to 15 years from retirement, you couldn't be in a riskier position and you need to be with a fund that is about risk management. And in my mind, Bulwark Capital Management is really the only fund that focuses that way. Everyone else is still doing a lot of happy talk. So you owe it to yourself to get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management and go to the website. That's knowyourriskradio.com or just call them at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. And we're chatting with retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. You served our country in Delta Force. And I, I would just ask you something I've asked other team guys. How does critical theory aid in being prepared to fight as a unit? Well, it doesn't. Yes, sir. Listen, I said this this morning in this meeting I was talking about a few minutes ago. Our military is in rapid decline. It started under Barack Obama, and, and, and one of the hard things was, was – uh, trying to get rid of the leadership that Obama appointed, uh, the generals, the, the admirals, the senior people uh, that he appointed. And he appointed them, many of them, most of them, because they were willing to support his agenda, not because they had great war fighting records or they had demonstrated leadership, but because they were willing to support his agenda. And he had a reprieve under Donald Trump. and And then... Joe Biden came in, and we've gone right back to the same bad habits. of. But it's, it's even worse now. 
Do you remember, uh, and most of your people that will be watching this program probably will remember that uh, during the Vietnam War, there was an admiral there. He was actually a, a captain at the time, I think, but uh, he was a POW, and his name was Jeremiah Denton, and Jeremiah Denton was forced after beatings and other kinds of torture, he was forced to go on camera. So he decided that he was going to seize that opportunity to do something that might benefit the other POWs. And he blinked with his eyes in Morse code, he blinked torture. And that was the first time that the intelligence community could actually identify that these these POWs were being tortured. So some of the statements and things that had come out of the POWs were because of the torture that they were going through. Now, you, you fast forward to 2016, I think January 2016. Two patrol boats, American U.S. Navy patrol boats were taken off the shores of uh, Iran. And within one hour, the commander of that, a West Point, I mean, a uh, Naval Academy graduate, just like Jeremiah Denton was, was looking into the cameras, to the international cameras, and saying, this is all our fault, and we want to apologize to the Iranians. Well, first of all, it wasn't their fault. In fact, they weren't even in Iranian waters. But... What's the difference? What happened between the Vietnam War and and that incident there to where you had one guy that stood up and got the Navy Cross for what he did for blinking torture and risking risking his life. And these guys that in an hour they were apologizing to the Iranians for entering their waters when they hadn't actually hadn't done so. What happened was those young men and women that went into to the Gulf there uh, in 2016, they were not trained properly. They didn't focus on the code of conduct. Nobody had put them through the training that they needed before they put them in, in a hostile territory. And the reason for that is because they were wasting their time doing this junk, this nonsense that absolutely contributes nothing to readiness. It makes me. And when Douglas MacArthur stood in the mess hall in 1963 and told the students there, your mission remains determined, fixed, inviolable. It is to win the nation's wars. That goes with it, the burden of having to be ready at all times. And you don't get ready by wasting your time on nonsensical critical theories or anything else like that, you should be preparing for war. I remember um, Rush Limbaugh, God rest him. And I, I used to, for eight years, was a regular fill-in for Rush. He played some great audio once of a, of a news crew visiting Paris Island. And they talked to a drill instructor of a, of a Marine team, uh, some people trying to become Marines. 
and she asked him about the humanitarian mission of the uh, of the uh, of, of the Marines. You know, how do you view this new mission in this new world? And he said, "Ma'am, my job is and will remain." teaching young men to kill people and break things in service of this country. I thought it was one of the greatest explanations of you warriors that have done so much for us. I promise this is the last question on this topic because I, I want to, I must talk about this, uh, this book, Heroic Faith. Our show tries to put God at the center general with conservative politics at the edges. That's, that's why we do it this way. So that I, I just have that freedom to do this. Um, this is a tough question. But it is on a lot of people's minds. Uh, Joe Biden, I view as a figurehead. Uh, I view him as an empty vessel. And I view a, I, I, I firmly believe that the Obama team runs him. And my question, General, is we know there are people in China who mean us ill. There's no doubt. We know that there are, um, you know, the Confucius <clears throat> network over here. Uh, we know that they're trying to place police stations in North America. They're starting in, uh, in Canada, the Chinese Communist Party. In general, I have a question for you, and it's a pretty tough one. A lot of people would shy away from answering it. I don't think you will about how far this goes in our country. We'll get to that in just a second. I had a... A workout. I know. I know. Look, um, for those of you watching the video, uh, you can see the general still works. <laughs> I can see it from here. Uh, look, it's either family, church, doing the show, or the gym for me. You know that. I had a workout with a friend of mine uh, who was a national champion level wrestler. And I was deathly afraid that if I because I was judging the workouts. That was my job that day. Deathly afraid that if I said no rep, that this guy might turn on me and break me uh, in two, because he's quite capable of that. Uh, but he hasn't been training for the thing I've been training for. So I had that rare opportunity of actually doing something, uh, well, not better, but more, much more efficiently than my friend. And this could never have been the case. And I remember, I hadn't seen this gent in probably 15 years. And I met him at church, was thrilled to see him following the Lord. And he came up to me and said, Todd Herman, you are looking lean and cut. I wouldn't have recognized you. He knew me from when I'd put on a ton of weight, 150 pounds. Now, I don't have any human being as an idol, and certainly not my friend, and he knows that. But it felt good to be recognized in that way. Felt even better to be able to say, "Brother, <laughs> uh, you did that three times slower than I did." And he was so classy and so humble. But he's going to destroy me next. I know. Hey, if you are a weekend warrior type, the 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 unwanted fat on your body it's it's killing you. And if the gym's not taking it off and running extras not taking it off, it's what you're putting in your mouth. I don't say this enough about soda weight loss, but the, the official fat loss partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's so they need their guys to lean down. They go to soda weight loss. 7,000 Google reviews average 4.8 out of five stars. Okay. Soda stands for state-of-the-art because they are. They will tell you how quickly you will drop unwanted fat by the pounds. Number of weeks, that then equates to a budget. And they'll send you the foods as well. It's sodaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. Stands for state-of-the-art. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. 
sobering facts about China. Chatting with uh, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Are there people in senior levels of government who are either conflicted uh, or are owned or blackmailed and, and mean us ill on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party? Yeah, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated every sector of our society. And that includes our government. It includes our, our Congress. I go back and, and, and think about... Uh, Eric Swalwell, and, uh, and, and the, he was hanging out with a, a known spy named Fang Fang, or uh, that wasn't her real name, but that was what they called her, was Fang Fang. And then how about, uh, you know, uh, the congresswoman or the senator from, uh, from California Feinstein. there? Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Her driver. Yeah, and she had, yeah, she had a driver there. So every, every element of our society is is infiltrated by the Communist Party of China. And uh, universities are particularly bad, especially those that are doing uh, critical research uh, that are there on government grants, you know, that are being done by government grants. And so every, every element of our society is, is infiltrated. And, and are there people that are bought? Well, let's, Start with the realities of Hunter Biden's computer. Yes, sir. And what we've seen, we know now, has come out of of that computer. What's what we are now finding out was actually on that computer. And by the way, you have to ask the question: Who covered it up? Who refused to let the public know about it? the mainstream media. So are they bought? And how much is the Chinese Communist Party influencing our media? They talked about Russian collusion in the 2016 uh, election, and that was the whole meme for the entire time that Donald Trump was was the president of the United States. Well, how about, a, how about Chinese collusion? about Chinese collusion? Because if you look at what evidence we do have, it makes a pretty doggone good case that not only was Hunter compromised, but the president of the United States was compromised as well. And how much influence does the Chinese Communist Party have on this administration? And who else in this administration is also compromised I certainly don't know, but I bet you that it's not just the president. Yeah. You know, uh, General, I know that you're a Christian and um, as such are attacked as a Christian. And of course, we take that as a badge of honor uh, when people attempt to attack us in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the Lord told us this would happen. Um, this is, yeah. I, I, I'm you know, looking at your book, Heroic Faith, Hope Amid uh, Global Persecution. Um, this is all to me a spiritual war, and, and this is something that gives me hope as a Christian general, is I believe the Lord is giving America the hardest-to-fail, pass-fail test in history, um, just as the, the temple curtain came down when the Lord Jesus um, you know, died before he was resurrected. I think he's tearing down a curtain to show us how corrupt things are here. 
Um, as a Christian man and as a, as a guy who has far more influence than uh, I think most people ever have in their life, and the Lord has trusted you and given you this influence to steward, how do we as Christians fight this battle in a way that would make the Lord Jesus proud? Because my pastor says, and I think this is a smart way to say it, one cannot fight for heaven using the tools of hell. Yeah. You know, uh, if you if you go to Luke, uh, I think it's Luke 22, when the disciples were saying, you know, what are the signs of your return? And, and, and uh, Jesus gave them the wars and rumors of wars, the earthquakes in diverse places, nation against nation. But he, he said, but before all this, they will persecute you all on the amount of my name, on the account of my name. Uh, but then he said something that is very important, and we need to remember this. He said, but this will be an opportunity for you to be witnesses for me. How do we fight? We represent truth. Now, that, you know, to a non-believer, that sounds very arrogant that we represent truth. But we know what we're talking about. We know that we're talking about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is what sets us free. It is what liberates us. It is what washes away all of our sins. And now is a time when we're being persecuted. We're being taken before kings and rulers. You look at the number of Christians that went before this January 6th investigation that is that is literally putting us before kings and rulers because this was created within our government. The people that we elect to govern us created this January 6th commission, and, and we're being taken before kings and rulers. But I invite you, anybody that can get access to it, get on the get on the uh, video of Jenny Thomas. I was just on uh, in another meeting with her this morning. Yeah. Get on the video that with Jenny Thomas. You want to see somebody that's standing for truth? You want to see somebody that, because of her faith, that she's willing. To take a bold stand and to and to speak truth, and uh, so how do we fight this? We don't fight it with, as as your pastor says, with weapons from hell. We fight it with weapons that are not carnal. We fight it with the weapons of warfare, and you start by putting on the whole armor of God. And if you don't know what it is, go to Ephesians six, and it tells you very quickly what the whole armor of God is all about. But now is a time when we've got to muster our courage. Now is a time when we've got to speak the truth because we may be the only truth that a lot of people ever come in contact with. And it's, it's, it's not our responsibility to, to force people to accept Jesus Christ. It's our job is to bring them the message. The rest of it is up to the Lord. Yep. There's our part. There's the other person's part. And then there's the part of the Lord. Um, let me close with this. Uh, what did your faith mean to you 
um, when you, for instance, in a setting like Delta Force and where your job was to break things and to kill people? Um, did that, did, did your faith yeah. ever conflict? Um, and how do you deal with that as a Christian when you, I have a friend of mine who's, um, uh, he's retired Green Beret and he described it as having a, uh, a hunting license for humans for a little while. And he described it as bad yeah. people doing bad things. How did your faith play into that general in your time in Delta force? Yeah. Okay, let me say, you're the hundredth person that's asked me that yeah. in the last 37 years, but I'm so sorry. thank you for doing that. Oh, I'm no, sorry. I okay. don't apologize. No, I'm glad you asked me, so I Good. have the opportunity to tell your audience what I have told people for the whole 36 years I was in the military, and thank you for asking that question. It is a common question. It's a common question for all Christians. And it's, it, and I, and people say, well, how can you be a Christian and be, a, and be in the army? And I say, well, what do you mean? And they say, well, you know, the Bible says, I said, well, what does the Bible say? They say, well, thou, thou shalt not kill. And I, you know, I've got them right there, as you well know. Right. It says, it says thou shalt not murder. Yep. And there's a big difference between murder and kill. But then I say, but if you do believe, that the Bible says thou shalt not kill, then you have to believe that somewhere between Mount Sinai and the Jordan River, God changed his mind. Because when they got ready to cross the Jordan River, he told Joshua, kill them all. Kill them all. And he said, kill. Kill them all. So did he change his mind? Or did you just misinterpret what he said the first time? And the answer is, he didn't change his mind. He told him, thou shalt not murder. You can't wander around in the desert for 40 years and settle your disputes by murdering each other. He had laid down laws there for this country to have been birthed out of a deep theology. The, the, the 56 men that signed that declaration did not agree on theology, but they were all Christians. They all believed in the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, regardless of what people say about Thomas Jefferson. Uh, they all were men of faith. And and we were given a country that was founded on, on, on Christianity, Christian values, Judeo-Christian values. And for us to be so arrogant as believers to think that we get a pass on defending this nation, because what, what exactly uh, did, uh, um, I forget, the founding father that said to the lady in the streets that day after writing the Constitution, Benjamin Franklin. Yes, sir. Benjamin Franklin said to her when she said, what kind of government have you given? He said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. He was, he was sending her a very clear message that you're going to have to fight for to preserve this nation because there will always be an enemy that is going to want to take away your freedoms and take away this form of government. And it was a big experiment, but Christians don't get a pass. You don't get a pass because you say, I'm a Christian. No, in fact, 
you ought to be one of the first ones to step up. And the, as Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Enough of my sermon today. <laughs> well, he'd make a fine pastor if you ever decided to do that. I appreciate you, General. Uh, I, I, I would, my audience would be so disappointed if I didn't take the opportunity to say welcome home from what you did for us. And, uh, and just God bless you. And uh, please go with God's good grace and continue the battle, sir. And, and, and we remain yours in Thank Christ. You. Thank you, General. Thank you. I'll wrap this up the way I began it today. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a podcast like this where we get to chat with people like Lieutenant General Retired Jerry Boykin. Thank you for being part of it. Please do use the share button in your podcast app. And this is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And yes, let's all put on the full armor of Christ. And let's all of us speak God's truth.